0: Good morning. I'm Jake Sherman, and welcome to the Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchball News. It's Monday, January thirty first, twenty twenty two. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines for the day. Number one, Congress is back. What to expect? Number two, the House GOP Super PAC gets a massive contribution. And number three, who we're watching this week? So let's get started. The House and Senate returned from recess today and they have a massive pile of issues to confront. Russia is threatening to invade Ukraine. A Supreme Court justice is retiring. A pivot point for the U.S. economy. Joe Biden's legislative agenda is stalled out. And the federal government runs out of money in 18 days. Kind of simple, right? Not at all. (laughs) If Here we go with Russia and Ukraine. This will be huge on the Hill this week. Uh, The U.N. Security Council will meet today and U.S. officials are vowing to press their Russian counterparts over this threatened invasion. Bob Menendez of New Jersey and Jim Risch of Idaho, the top two uh, lawmakers on the Foreign Affairs Committee, are um, crafting a harsh sanctions pa- package aimed at Russia. Um, Menendez went on with Dana Bash on uh, State of the Union yesterday and described kind of a two-tier system. Number one tier is preemptive sanctions. Um and implemented immediately on uh, uh based on Russia's Russia's actions and then number 2 a uh, a set of sanctions that would um kick in based on uh if Russia goes into Ukraine uh, on Capitol Hill this week, we are going to get a uh, a bunch of briefings. Uh, Secretary of State and uh, Tony Blinken, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Avril Haines, the DNI, and uh, Mark Milley will be on the Hill on Thursday uh, to speak to House and Senate lawmakers. That are those are uh, bipartisan bi- uh, briefings that the leadership has has organized we we kind of wrote about this last week pelosi called for these hearings sorry these briefings and they have no choice but to come up to capitol hill um to talk about those what's going on in russia and ukraine uh this is going to suck up a lot of oxygen um because uh, as we know already joe biden is considering sending 8,500 troops to the eastern european um uh uh, zone, I guess is the best way to say it that he is not considering sending troops to either Russia or Ukraine. Obviously, that's he's made that abundantly clear. Um, but he is considering sending troops to bolster NATO allies in Eastern Europe and the Baltics. Number two issue is Supreme Court, obviously. Um, Justice Stephen Breyer announced last week he's going to retire. Um, there's a lot of chatter on the Sunday shows yesterday, Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, all but formally endorsed Michelle Childs, a judge in South Carolina, for the role. And if you kind of take this out to the logical extension, um, he wants Childs, as does House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn. That doesn't mean the Childs is going to be chosen, but it does kind of raise the prospect. If Graham, who has for a long time been um, a leading voice uh, on the Republican side of the Judiciary Committee, um, whether if he votes for her, or there are there other Republicans could? Could Biden be? Um, uh, could Biden be interested in that? If there are other Republicans, he's always wanted Republican support for a lot of things he's done. I guess the Supreme Court is a different, a different beast altogether. Um, would he? Uh, this is a generational choice. This is a choice that uh, lasts, presumably, for decades. So, could he be interested in that? You know, unclear to us, but that's something we'll be asking about this week. Are other Republicans interested in Michelle Childs for the Supreme Court? Um, Ketanji Brown Jackson had a bunch of interesting stories in The New York Times, The Washington Post about her late uncle, Thomas Brown, whose life sentence for a nonviolent drug offense was commuted by Barack Obama in 2016. These two stories kind of dropped around the same time, so uh, we were interested in that. Uh, what's the impact going to be on at the White House and the Judiciary Committee? We'll have to see about that. Government funding—we got 18 days. Government runs out of money in 18 days. I can't. We can't um, <laughs> emphasize that enough. Um, there'll be more House and Senate discussions on the shape of a potential package, um, a uh, uh, omnibus package to fund the government through September, just short of the. Um, Uh, midterm elections or past the midterm elections. We'll have to see oftentimes in election years, they kick government funding to like February of the next year. I don't know that they'll do that here. Uh, let's be clear about a couple things. We don't see a government shutdown. We cannot imagine a government shutdown. It doesn't serve anyone's interest at this point. Number two, um, there's a lot of work to be done, even if they reached a top line number, which we anticipate they could this week. Steny Hoyer acknowledged the other day that, uh, the house might have to change his, it's schedule to deal with government funding. They're currently, as of now, (laughs) planning to be out of session the week that the government is, is, um, slated to run out of money. And, uh, we have to imagine that will change because they don't want to be out of se- out of town when the government runs out of money uh, and they probably can't finish it beforehand. A bunch of nomination votes this week in the Senate. Senator Susan Collins and Joe Manchin uh, have been leading talks ahead of the electoral ca- about the electoral count of 1887 and changing that. Obviously, the Democrats um, uh the Democrats um, election deal, the Democrats election effort has fallen flat. So we expect kind of ramped up talks on that front too. Number two story of the day is Ken Griffin, uh, this billionaire CEO of Citadel, the hedge fund, uh, is giving has given ten million dollars to CLF, the Congressional Leadership Fund, for female, veteran, and minority candidates. Now let's unpack this a little bit. We have a massive interest, re- reportorial interest, in how Wall Street engages in Washington, who the big players in finance are, what policies they're trying to enact, and generally speaking, what they're focused on in the nation's capital. We'll have more. We'll have more to say on that obsession pretty soon, but. um, CLF is the main House Republican super PAC, and uh, uh, it raised $65.5 million in 2021. That's a big, big pile of money for CLF to spend. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has been instrumental in supporting this group. Uh, Griffin has already contributed millions to CLF and other conservative causes. He likes candidates with uh, conservative economic, education, and public safety views. There are a bunch of candidates that fit this, this guideline for the money that he's dropped. Wesley Hunt and Morgan L- Luttrell uh, in Texas, Esther Joy King in Illinois, and Juan Siskamani in Arizona. Um, big amount of money. CLF is going to be filing. It's, uh, it's twice a year filing this today. And uh, he'll give this is a kicker that uh, a lot of people might be interested in. Griffin will be giving more money to CLF on this front um, in the coming months ahead of the midterm election. Number three, who we're watching this week, Joe Biden is number one. Number two and number three, he forces, faces an enormous challenge in the face off with Russia's President Vladimir Putin over Ukraine. And how the country, how the U.S. responds is just a massive, massive test for him and, and frankly, test for the world in the post World War II order. This would be, as many people have said, the biggest, if Russia invades Ukraine, the biggest change in the post World War II order that we've ever seen. And as we mentioned, Bob Menendez and Jim Risch, they have—they are the chair and ranking member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, and um, they're trying to pro- project a bipartisan front on, on sanctions. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline remains a big outstanding issue uh, as they try to craft this package. Um, you know, Capitol Hill doesn't have a ton of uh, options when it comes to foreign relations and matters of war and peace, but... Um, on an issue like this, on sanctions, on movement of U.S. troops, Congress does try to flex its muscles and does so with very, very degrees of success, depending on the president and depending on the situation. With that, leave us a rating and review. Smash that follow button. You can subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.